0: Welcome to National Parks for Kids, the podcast made for kids and families wanting a little more information about the national parks. I'm Jamie and I'm Brant. Together we will be making a podcast for each of the national parks. Brant had this idea to make the podcast while exploring the national parks of Colorado to share information
1: and some of our favorite things to do in each park. Come adventure with us an adventure
0: with us! The national park we're going to be learning about today is...
1: Yosemite National Park in California!
0: Yes, and it is the sixth most visited national park and one with some of the most iconic land features. Half Dome! Yeah! The park is really well known for Half Dome, a rock that stands nearly 8,800 feet above sea level. It is the remains of a magma chamber that cooled slowly and crystallized thousands of feet beneath the Earth's surface. It is a smooth, rounded circle, quite literally like a dome cut in half. Hiking to the top of this slick granite mountain is no easy feat. Not to mention, it cannot be done without a highly sought-after permit.
1: Why you have to get a permit, Mom?
0: Because so many people want to hike Half Dome that they have to do permits. Otherwise, there'd be too many people up there. You climb up these cables, and it can be very dangerous, especially if the weather turns bad.
1: El Capitan is a big rock, and if you're lucky, you might see rock climbers climb on it.
0: Yes, it is. At more than a half a mile or 3,000 feet high and one mile wide, El Capitan is the tallest exposed vertical face of granite on earth. It's more than twice the height of the Empire State Building, which is 1,250 feet tall. El Cap, as they call it, was first climbed in 1957 by Warren Harding, a feat that took him 45 days over the course of a year using fixed ropes and gear aid to conquer what remains El Cap's most famous climbing route known as The nose. In June of 2018, Alex Honnold and Tommy Caldwell set the speed record for climbing El Cap with a time of only one hour and 58 minutes and seven seconds. Went from 45 days to just under two hours. That's pretty amazing.
1: Hey, Mom, I have a joke for you. Why do mountains make people laugh?
0: Hmm. Tell me.
1: Because they're hill areas.
0: Hilarious, hilarious hill areas. That is a good one, Brant.
1: Mom, I have another joke for you. What do you call a bathroom in the woods?
0: Ooh, oh no, a potty joke? What is a bathroom in the woods called?
1: I don't know. A facility.
0: A facility? Oh, I thought maybe you were gonna say a porta bush. I've used a few of those on our, our adventures, but I don't think we did in Yosemite. Speaking of Yosemite, the park is best known for its waterfalls, but you can also find deep valleys, grand meadows, ancient giant sequoias, and vast wilderness.
1: How big is Yosemite? It
0: is 747,956,000 square acres, or 169 square miles, and 94% of the park is designated as wilderness.
1: Hey mom, what is wilderness?
0: Wilderness is a place where there are no roads and no buildings, and animals and plants can live in harmony with people who want to walk in and explore it.
1: When did Yosemite become a national park?
0: Oh, that's a great question. So on October 1st, 1890, Yosemite became the third national park. Yosemite is not America's oldest national park that was first protected eight years before the creation of Yellowstone, which is America's oldest national park.
1: I remember when we were in Yosemite, we saw bear pit with tons of berries. (gasps) Oh,
0: that's right. It was kind of like a purple color almost, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there are bears in Yosemite. In the early years of the park, bears were attracted to garbage dumps in the park and unfortunately were often killed when they became a nuisance. Visitors really liked to see the bears, so in 1923, the park began intentionally feeding bears where visitors could watch them. The last artificial feeding area closed in 1971, about 50 years ago. Scientists have since studied bear droppings and found some interesting information, would you like to be a scientist that studies bear scat, Brant?
1: No. <laughs> Why not? Could be very interesting. Because it's gross. Oh. i take
0: out poo. <laughs> well, they found out some interesting information. They studied the average proportion of human food in bear diets. They found that before the feedings, 13% of their diet was human food. During the feedings, 20% of their diet was human food. And once they stopped intentional feedings... Human food in bear diets hit an all time high of 35% human food in their diet. Then, from 2001 to 2007, it went back down to 13% of their diet being human food. The key to managing bear problems is to prevent bears from becoming conditioned to eating human food in the first place. Scientists have found, using genetic analysis, that the offspring of bears that eat human food end up having the same foraging. Behaviors as their mothers. And when problem bears are relocated away from human food sources, they eventually return and continue seeking human food until they are killed, often by management staff.
1: That's kind of sad, Mom.
0: Yeah, it really is. As beautiful as Yosemite is and all of our national parks, there are always challenges with managing human interactions and wild populations of animals.
1: Mom, what other animals live in Yosemite?
0: Oh, Yosemite National Park supports more than 400 species of vertebrates, including fish, amphibians, reptiles, birds, and mammals. The high diversity of species is the result of diverse habitats in Yosemite. The park's rich habitats range from the thick foothill chaparral to conifer forests to expanses of alpine rock. Animals feel at home in each of the different ecosystems or locations.
1: I remember when I was riding my bike, I saw deer.
0: Oh, that was really neat. They were out in the meadow, I believe, in front of the Awani Hotel. Do you remember how many species of mammals there are? Ninety, Mom. Ninety species of mammals in Yosemite. Good memory.
1: Do you remember what a mammal is? Yes. It's warm-blooded, and it nurses its young, and it has fur. Yeah
0: yeah, good job. They also give live birth, mammals do. Some of the other species of mammals are black bears, mountain lions, bobcats, bighorn sheep, Pacific fishers, bats, and one of your favorite animals. Do you know what it might be? Fox? You're right. It's this Sierra Nevada Red Fox. You would be very lucky to spot this Sierra Nevada Red Fox, though. It lives in the subalpine regions, up high in the mountains, um, and in 2023, it's thought that there was only about 18 to 39 individuals remaining. It is highly endangered.
1: That's how either few left. Well, the Sierra
0: Nevada Red Fox once was found throughout the Sierra Nevada mountains, but populations have declined dramatically because of poisoning and trapping, habitat destruction from logging and livestock grazing and disturbance from off-road vehicles and snowmobiles. Trapping this species is now banned in California.
1: Are there other species that fox would compete with them?
0: That compete with them? Yes, there are. Foxes introduced for hunting or escaped from fur farms pose significant threats due to interbreeding, competition for resources, and disease transmission. Sierra Nevada red foxes are also endangered by climate change, which has already caused hotter and drier conditions, that are projected to shrink the fox's habitat as temperatures warm and push the animals higher up the mountain slopes.
1: How high are the mountains in Yosemite, Mom?
0: Mount Lyle is the highest point in Yosemite National Park at 13,114 feet, or 3,997 meters. The peak, as well as nearby Lyle Canyon, is named after Charles Lyle, a well-known 19th century geologist.
1: A geologist is somebody who sends you to raw,
0: Yeah. Brant, do you know why geologists are considered studious? No. They take nothing for granite. You know, like granite, the rock. Let's tell our listeners what your favorite part of visiting Yosemite was.
1: It was seeing the animals, biking, uh, where the beautiful meadows are, and waterfalls, and seeing the animals.
0: Oh yeah, we went in summer of twenty twenty three after a very heavy snow year, and the waterfalls and the rivers were
1: pumping. But we had to wait for an hour to rent the bikes, Mom.
0: Oh yeah, and even when we we even got there, I think before the bike shop opened. Summertime is very busy, but so worth it. Biking the park on a summer day was one of my favorite experiences we've had together as a family in a national park.
1: And we got. To eat ice cream and explore the visitor center, it was fun.
0: Yeah, don't forget to stop by there and do your junior ranger book. Also, I really enjoyed the movie they played at the visitor center, The Spirit of Yosemite. It is shown daily on the hour and the half hour in the theater behind the Yosemite Valley Visitor Center.
1: And we see some awesome kit habit.
0: Do you remember how we had to store our food and our toiletries?
1: They are safety.
0: Yes, in a bear box outside our cabin. Even our toothpaste, right? Yeah. It was so much fun experiencing this park with you. Your dad and I have done backpacking trips through this park, and it was has so many special memories for us. So it just made it so much more special to explore on bikes as a family and do some hikes. What was your favorite walk we did?
1: I love Muir Lake and walking into the waterfalls.
0: Uh Mirror Lake was really spectacular. It's a small glacial lake with a nice nature trail around it. You made a friend there and had fun playing in the water. We even got his number because he was heading to where we live next. But he got the stomach flu and we couldn't meet up.
1: I love meeting people when we show our nature. Me
0: too. We met so many interesting people in Yosemite. It really made the experience fun.
1: And we need to talk about the sequoias in Yosemite
0: Oh, yes. The giant sequoia trees in Yosemite can grow to be 300 feet tall. They are more than 1,000 years old. You can check out the Mariposa Grove at the south entrance of Yosemite. There is also the Tuolumne Grove and Merced Grove.
1: Sequoias are the biggest living thing on the planet. Yes.
0: However, the seed for the giant sequoia is only the size of a piece of oatmeal.
1: Wait, Mom, I thought the biggest living thing was a fungus. Oh
0: my gosh, I forgot about the fungus. Yeah, it lives in eastern Oregon, I think, and it covers about 2,000 acres on the ground. I think they call it the humongous fungus. Yep, that's right, Mom. Before we leave, I always like to learn and share a little bit about the origin stories of the earliest people to have inhabited America's national parks. In Yosemite, it was the...
1: Awan Ichi.
0: Yeah, according to the Park Service, people have been living in Yosemite for 800 years.
1: Were there any Native American groups who lived there?
0: Yes, they were. The Awanichi were not the only inhabitants of Yosemite. The Mono Lake Paiute lived on the eastern slope of the Sierra, while the Central Sierra Miwok lived along the Stanislaus and Tuolumne Rivers to the north, and the Yaukut occupied the territory to the west. These tribes actually interacted with each other, made war on each other, traded with one another, and intermarried with each other. There was a war in 1850 that forced the removal of the Yosemite Native Americans from their land, and the destruction of their homes and food sources had a devastating impact on their way of life. The Awanichi called Yosemite Valley Awani.
1: You can visit the same home... The same hotel with the same name, and it's fancy.
0: It sure is worth a stop. You can take the shuttle or bike to it, and it's open to the public to walk through or grab a bite to eat at the restaurant.
1: You can also visit the Yosemite Museum to learn about the people there.
0: Right, you can learn about the earliest people there. There's also some good information about John Muir, a Scottish naturalist, writer, and a conservationist who was instrumental in the creation of Yosemite National Park. Muir's love for the wilderness and his deep understanding of the natural world led him to become one of the most influential naturalists and conservationists of his time. His writing and activism helped to establish Yosemite as a national park in 1890, and his legacy continues to inspire people to protect and appreciate wild places today.
1: His nickname was John of the Mountains. Yes, and he had another
0: nickname also, the father of national parks. It's almost time to go, so let's leave you with one of my favorite quotes by John Muir the Naturalist. When we try to pick out anything by itself, we find it hitched to everything else in the universe.
1: We are all connected. And Yosemite is a place where you can feel that connection. You sure can.
0: Thank you for joining us on National Parks for Kids, the podcast.
1: We hope you learned some cool stuff.
0: Join us next time. And if you want to see more of our adventures, follow us on Instagram at National Parks for Kids, where you can follow along and see pictures of our trips to the national parks.